Thanks for joining us here at Faith Assembly for our weekly podcast. We're so excited you're tuning in this week. To learn more about our church, you can visit us online at myfaithassembly.org. Join us live or connect with us on Facebook. This week as a nation, we uh, rightly honor those who have served in the armed forces here in the, the United States of America. And we're just so grateful for those who are willing to give of themselves freely and uh, willingly to serve. And so we wanted today uh, take a moment here at Faith Assembly to honor all of our veterans, and not only our veterans, those who are parents or spouse of, uh, of uh, veterans as well, those who have served in any of the armed forces of the United States of America. Would you please stand? If you are a veteran, a spouse, or a parent of uh, servicemen or women, we honor you. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Thank you for your sacrifice. Would you just take a moment and say thank you to somebody near you today? Thank you. Man, just tug on their arm and say thank you today for their giving. We honor you, and we're so grateful. Uh, so thank you. Thank you for uh, joining us. Thanks for honoring us with your presence here. Obviously, uh, we're just so grateful um, to uh, know those who are serving. My, my brother is serving in South Korea and uh, got to speak with him this week. And um, just uh, grateful. Something that struck me, we were just talking about how things are there in South Korea, what's going on. And, and uh, he, uh, I asked him the question. I said, well, I would imagine the, uh, the army there in South Korea is ready, the Korean army uh, being ready and uh, gave me perspective that for them it becomes mandatory that they have to they have to serve and um, it's 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 one thing to be mandated to serve it's another thing when the army is made up of a bunch of people who willingly surrender and sacrifice and willingly say yes to put others people others needs ahead of their own how many know we are just blessed to have that and so we honor you again and just say thank you thank yeah one more time just thank you. Acts chapter 3, we are uh, in our third week of this series called um, Set in His Ways. And how many know we all can be set in our ways? Do you know anybody set in their ways? Uh, <laughs> we all have that tendency. We've been asking this question, what is the mindset of a fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ? What is that mindset? Because the mindset represents the way we do things. The Bible says that we are peculiar people. That word means to be different. And it identifies that the way we do things ought to be different than the way the world does things. The way Jesus followers do things should be different than just the, the general way, the, the way the world does things. The, the Bible makes it clear that there is a way that seems right to man, but the end leads to death. That there are ways that you can have, we can have, but there is only one way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And so what better way to live this life uh, than to live in the order and the way of the one who created the life, uh, the one who created and gave us those things. And, and so today we're going to look and uh, just uh, evaluating as, as we look at mindsets, I want to look in Acts chapter 3, a story of a, a gentleman who has a miraculous moment. And this miraculous moment changes his destiny. I believe today God wants to change some destinies by doing some miracles in the mind. That God wants to transform some, some ways of thinking and uh, allowing us to walk in a newness. And I, I got to be honest with you, today is, um, this is not going to be an easy process. Um, because how many know there are things easier said than done? Come on, just say that right up front. 
This is one of those topics today and one of these, these uh, uh, items that we're going to talk about, I hope to challenge us in, but we're going to walk out of here and say, man, I still got some work to do. Uh, there's still a process that needs to be done because change doesn't happen all the time immediately. There is change that happens in the moment, but even the, the, the generated change that changes generations, changes lives and communities, that is ongoing. It's not just one change, it's change on top of another change and another change and another change. How many know I'm telling the truth? There's a change that happens the day that I met Jesus, but in meeting Jesus, I began a change. But how many know in meeting Jesus, I now had to give way to other changes that had to build on top of that change and more change? How many know what I'm saying today? And so we're all walking in another change and another place of of how do we become uh, in a mindset fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. What does it look like to have that mindset? And I think that is a willingness to change. I want to look in Acts chapter 3, starting in verse 1. I would say this is a favorite story of mine, but that's not good to say because then I say that about almost every other story that we come to. But I love this story in Acts chapter 3, just the miracle. And uh, the significance for me is Peter is, is, is one of the uh, key individuals in this story who is the same man who denied Jesus. And now Jesus uses him earlier to lead 3,000 people to follow Jesus. And now after this incident, 5,000. How many know God can use people even in their brokenness, their flaws, in whatever condition and situation? Because he changes them. And this Peter, Peter, of course, going through a change, and now he has been changed and now bringing change to another person. Why don't you stand with me in Acts chapter 3, starting in verse 1, this is the story. It says, Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the three o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called the beautiful gate, so he could beg from the people going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Peter and John looked at him intently, and Peter said, look at us. Somebody say, look at us. How many know it's serious whenever mom says, look at me? Look at me. You just, there's a whole different approach whenever they call for the attention. Peter says to the man, he says, look at us. The lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting some money. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I do have. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and Walk, Lord, I pray today that you would cause us to walk not in resources that come and go, but in the authority and the power that will cause us to never be the same. I pray today that you would cause breakthrough in our mindsets, Lord, in things that have, that, have, that have come against us, things that we have been conditioned by. Change us, we pray, in the name of Jesus. We ask and we believe this. God, help us to do the work in Jesus' name. Come on, if you agree with that today, would you say amen? Amen. As you're being seated, just ask your neighbor today, where did you come from? Where did you come from? Context is important. Where did you come from? Some of you want to start getting the, the details, and please, not now. That's, uh, well, you see, uh, point of origin is something that gives reference and becomes necessary. Everything has a point of origin. Everything has a place of beginning, a point of beginning. We can 
look back to where things began, and it gives us a reference. It gives us some understanding. It's always good to have understanding. You know where it came from, but everything has a point and a beginning, a starting point. A building has a builder. An idea has a mind. Uh, a, a, a thought, of course, in, in someone's creativity. A seed or a, a, a plant has a seed, and a baby has a mom's belly because we all know where babies come from. They come from mommy's belly and of course you know there's more to it but we're not getting in I'm just making the statement that everything has an origin everything has a place that begins a place that it that it comes forth you can trace it all the way back and when you understand where it comes from it gives you some understanding we have this ability now to be able to trace DNA and now you can know where you came from wherever in the world how many have done those tests and you just found out that you're not what you thought you were uh, uh, I am more Polak than I really um, I've got, uh, 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 that's, a, that's a good thing. I've got, uh, I've got 14% of uh, Polish in me. I've got uh, a couple, uh, uh, this is my favorite, 3% Nigerian. I love that. I don't know what to do with it because I can't dance or, like nothing at all. But I've got, I've got, I've got a little bit of everything, and uh, there's German in there. There's you just you, you can know where you're where you're coming from. You've got the ability to recognize. All it does is give you context. Understanding doesn't do anything unless you have the power to change. Because if all you do is understand, you just know the situation. That's why the Bible says not to lean on your own understanding, but in all of your ways to acknowledge God. And he'll make your path straight. You can understand all you want to understand, but just because you understand where you came from doesn't mean you can change where you're going. All you can do is understand where you've been, but only God and intervention, only something that changes where you are now will change where you're going. Just because you know where you've been doesn't change where you're going. I want you to hear me today. Nothing changes where you're going until you allow something to break the moment you're in to set the new course and direction. If all you do is understand where you came from, then you just have context of where you've been, but your destiny is determined by the moment you're in right now. The, the moment, what we do in this moment, what we do in this moment that we're in, there is the uh, counseling world calls uh, this, they have a, a phrase that they identify um, uh, called foo. It's family of origin. It recognizes where people have come from. It, it's identifying who or what culture raised you. It's an influence. You have a, a family of origin where things began. Each and every one of us have a family of origin. They become influences in our lives, and those influences have set the patterns that we have learned. If, if you just recognizing this today, origins give way to patterns in your life. The origin gives way to patterns in your life. Where you came from gave way to patterns in your life. Every single one of us have learned a pattern. That pattern is our way of doing things. You have a way of doing things, and you probably learned that way of doing things from an origin, from the origin of where you came from or people that influence your life. I have a way of doing things. Now, when my kids were uh, uh, at home and uh, when they would get to the moment that they would kind of, uh, you know, get me a little perturbed and just... Make me feel a little better here in the room. Anybody, uh, you have children that had moments that made you want to lay hands on them, not in a divine and anointed way, but just in a way of casting out whatever may have been on the inside of them. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I, um, 
And there were moments like, I'm about to wrap you up. And uh, uh, there were a few moments, um, you know, the little attitude sometimes. I don't know. Uh, you may have raised perfect kids. Jody and I, by the grace of God, uh, we raised some kids. And, and now we said, to them, you're on your own now. You are past the age of 18. So whatever you do, it's on you. We did our best. You're, you've launched. And, uh, but there were moments. And uh, I got to be honest, it was, um, I don't know. It felt like it was more Jaren than the girls, but maybe I'm a little biased. Uh, uh, I heard that girls have a way of just wrapping daddy's hearts. And so, uh, uh, but uh, there, there were moments, we'll just say it was all of them at different times. Um, but if I'm being honest, Jordan was probably the least, but don't, uh, well, we're recording this so they can find out themselves. But uh, anyway, uh, uh, there were moments I wanted to take them up. And, and, and so controlling myself, because, you know, I have to get control. Because if I don't get control, I might reach out and slap someone. You know, just, I might just, uh, somebody like, you've got anger issues. Um, no, there were moments my kids needed to know, you reached a point, and this is. And so they would know this was the indicator. Like, I'm going to, I'm, I'm recognizing. So the indicator was this, that if they ever got me to the point, I would raise my hand to my mouth and just go to like bite on my knuckle. So I'm like, you need help. <laughs> Every time I would do this, my kids knew, oh, dad just hit a place. And it was an indicator, right? Do you know where I learned that? My mom. <laughs> and there were moments that I remind myself that mom would make this gesture and now I raised my kids, and I did the exact same thing. Guess where I got that from? I had a point of origin that my mom taught me something, and goodness sakes, listen, my mom, I love my mom, and uh, my mom had me when she was 18 years old, and I did my best to raise her, but I did as good as I could do. Woo! I mean, I just did the best I, I could with with mom, and uh, uh, but uh, mom and I, mom and I made we 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 made a great life together, and because uh, she got saved after I was born, and so we were both about saved at the same time, I think, and so uh, we were growing in this walk with Jesus, and mom would give me that look. To this day, if I still see in my mind, mom, give me that. I repent. I don't even know what I did, but I'm like, Lord, forgive me. I don't know whatever it might be because. I, mom's got that look, and my kids will say, you know, dad's got the look. Well, guess where dad got his looks, and not the pretty ones. And, uh, dad got his looks from mom. You, you've got a point of origin. There's a pattern that you've learned. There's something that you've, you've been processing. It's not just how you do things. It's how you think about things. It's, it's how you feel. You've learned how to process things by the patterns in your life. This man who was born the Bible says, uh, as we read this in, in, uh, the, in chapter 3 of Acts, it says that the man from his birth was born lame. He had a condition from the moment that he was born, and, and as his condition from the moment of birth, it set way to a pattern. By the time he was 13 years old, right about that time, he would have been sitting at the, the gate, uh, at that place to beg. He would have been begging because he was unable to, to do for himself, and so he had a condition. And the Bible says that every day someone would carry him. He was born into a condition that became his pattern. 
He was born into a condition from his birth. What surrounded him, the condition at the point of his birth, created for him a pattern, and it became a pattern that every day just became the way the temple. They would sit him there. He would, and when he would get enough money or the day was over, every day his life was in a new direction. He lived in a pattern, a padding until one day something changed. On the day that Peter and John are now coming to the temple, they're coming to pray. They come past this man, and while he's sitting there, Peter looks at him. Now, as he's looking at him, he says in return, he says to the man, look at us. When the man looks at him, he makes eye contact. And in that moment, something begins to break. I don't know if you can relate to each and every one of us being in life that we've got some patterns. We've got some roadblocks, some things that are in front of us, things that become difficult in our lives. You know, the stuff that has kept us on repeat, that every moment we lived in the same place, returning the same ideas, the same, the same stuff, because we're stuck in a pattern. Sometimes it's the habits. It's the thoughts. It's a mindset. It's that thing in life that you say, I'm going to quit acting like this. I'm going to quit thinking like this. I'm going to quit feeling like this. And there's something in your mind that you want to change, but you just keep repeating to the same place you've been. You don't have to raise your hand. We all do it because we all have grown in this family of origin that we all come from broken people. We come from broken people, and in a broken world, we are born into a broken world that has taught us to be conditioned to have a certain mindset, to have a certain way about us, to have a certain feeling, to have a certain approach that we have learned in a broken world how to do things and how to cope, how to get by, how to just keep doing the same things we always do. But then something changes. Here's the, the man that the moment, here's, this was his breakthrough. His breakthrough was the moment that he began to look in a different direction. I know you might say, well, I need something more profound than changing patterns that I've learned from my parents, things that, that I've just conditioned, things that maybe weren't even just from, from, from people that raised me, but just circumstances and experiences that I had in life. I need something more than just a different direction to look, but you won't have any change until you start looking at the life and the circumstances differently. This man finally comes to a place and, and uh, Paul or Peter says to him, look at us. And the moment he looked up, breakthrough began to happen. A point of breaking began to happen because he began to change his focus. He never looked at anyone in the eye because he was a beggar. He was someone who did not have the ability. He was less than. He was not anybody who would give him any attention. He was a beggar. He was not anyone that could look at someone in the eye. So he always just looked at his cup. He would hold the cup out and he would just look the cup and he would wait to see what filled the cup. He lived all of his life just looking at the cup, waiting for something to fill the cup. Some of you are just living your life, living and looking for your life to get filled. You're looking for, I'm looking for satisfaction. I'm waiting for somebody to put affection. I'm waiting for somebody to give approval. I'm waiting for somebody to give the things that I need. You've identified your life by what you need and you keep looking at that cup, waiting for someone to fill that cup. And then the moment you get it, you go back and guess what you do? You just keep needing more and more and more. And sometimes the people have come along and said, I've been trying to help you. I've been trying to do, and now they've been conditioned by your situation and the things that just becomes on a repeat and you get, get, get caught up in this whole cycle that your life is so lived by just waiting for someone to fill the cup. But this day something shifted because now the man went from just looking at his cup and waiting for someone to drop it in, but now making eye contact and seeing somebody who said, I've got something more than money. I've got something that'll change. You won't just have a pattern to have to come and go and come and repeat what I want to give you 
will cause you to change your pattern. You can walk. You can go where you've never gone before. You can do what you've never done before. You can experience what you've never experienced before. You can dream new dreams and go into new places. I want to give you the ability to break the pattern of where you've been. This morning, I believe in my spirit that God wants to give us. Listen, we talk about breaking patterns here in Fayette County. There's a pattern of poverty. Can I tell you, poverty is a mindset. You know where mind, the mindset of poverty is, I don't know if I have enough. Can you, this is, let me just tell you how you break poverty. You make a confession of faith that God, you're, I'm not going to be set in my way. My way is, I don't know if I have way, is test me and see. Prove me in this. So you have a decision. And every moment we're at that, that I'm going to believe God for something different. I had a, a place that I believe God was going to change the way that I think. And let's be honest, it's always a good idea. And we love the thought of changing until it comes to the place of doing something different. How many know you love the idea of change more than you love change? Oh, come on. I love the idea of doing some projects around my house. Somehow the idea is more desirable than the actual project. I mean, if I were to tell you what we are going to do one day, you know, one day we're going to change out this bathroom. We're going to, one day. Because the idea is so easy, but then the moment you got to put the plans, make the decisions, how many know the moment you've got to break it comes altogether different? I, um, uh, Pastor Tim and, Katie's uh, son, Josiah, he able to break boards, and uh, I don't know why anybody would do that. That doesn't make any sense. I said, so he could break a board? He said, yeah. He said, you just hold it. And I said, man, that's really cool. Why don't you bring some in? I'd like to see him do that. And then I realized the idea of him breaking the board was a lot better than the thought of me having to hold it while he broke it. <laughs> like I, so we're in my office, and like this is... This is what he did. Your boys are destructive. You need to. Takes after his mom. <laughs> I didn't say that Pastor Tim said that. I repeated what he said, which was probably not smart. So anyway, <laughs> watch who you hang around. Uh, <laughs> I, I said, so you could break this. So I realized then I have to hold it. No, I'm holding this thing, trying not to hold it over my face. And it struck me that before he was about to break this, I remember in my mind, I actually said to him, I said, you know, well, maybe we could either find somebody else to hold it, or we really don't, have, I'll take your word for it. How many know there have been moments you've had an encounter with God, and you said, God, I'm walking away from this attitude, I'm walking away from this habit, I'm walking away from this mindset, I'm walking away from this poverty. How many recognize you've had moments until the door you stand at now is, are you going to step through and trust God? Because now you're coming back to that door. I walked through a door that I said, God, I'm no longer going to feel like I'm not loved. It was a condition. My insecurities made me feel like I'm not loved. I had a, had a place of, of making it feel like, like there was never enough to go around. Everything that seemed to, to, to be just a mindset. Nobody ever did anything wrong because even the things that people conditioned and circumstance conditioned me in was not because anybody tried to make me be that way. It's we live in a broken world and we all have the inability to walk sometimes. We're all broken. We all have the, the things of life that surround us. And I had to change my mindset, do you know how hard it is to change a mindset? Do you know how much work it takes to change a pattern? You change a pattern by no longer focusing on the way it is, but now being able to look 
Instead of looking, and this was for me, I need somebody to come along and affirm me and make me feel good. I'm going to tell you some of my, I'm, if you've been around here long enough, you just know that Jason is just transparent and lets everything out. And so if you think less of me because I'm being honest with you, then I don't know what to tell you. But I had to recognize different times in my preaching. I don't say it as much as I used to. I still say it from time to time because sometimes it is a contextual thing. But I had to recognize there were times I would say in my preaching, does this make sense? Does this make sense? Someone said to me one time, you know how many times you say, does this make sense? I began thinking, well, yeah, I want to make sure it makes sense. Then I had something to say and realized, no, it's not just someone. And so if I'm being honest, I feel like, am I, am I talking to anybody? Tell me I'm loved. Tell me I'm good enough. Tell me. And we, we're just about make me feel good. We, we don't even know what we're looking for. From, we're just looking at our cup. Fill my cup up. Make me feel good. Make, give me what I'm looking for. And if that we try to find the way to cope and to do and to get by, I had to shift my eyes from, I don't need to look at my cup getting full because I can look at the one who's already filled my cup. I can shift my eyes. Now you say, well, that doesn't sound so profound. Try doing it. I mean, is there anybody in the room that knows what I'm talking? You had to go through a process and learn some things are harder or easier, done, easier said than done. Living in that constant place of, no, God, you are my delight. Because the pattern wants to rise up, and the pattern wants to say, well, you don't fit in. Guess what the pattern's good at doing? Well, the pattern will make me feel this way, so guess what? The pattern then puts me in this process that instead of pressing through and actually breaking what's holding me back, I just carry my issue to another place, to another thing, to another situation, to another friendship, to another environment. To whatever that might be, because I didn't have the ability in Christ to break through. It's going to take some strong men and women in the body of Christ to keep breaking through the mindset of poverty, the mindset of religion, the mindset of empty wells of addiction, and the mindset of dysfunctional homes. It's going to take people who keep pressing, who keep pushing, who keep moving in the midst, even when it feels hard. If anybody could do it, you say, well, then is it even possible? It is possible because it's not my pattern and my ability. It is not my understanding. It is Christ in me, the hope of glory that it is Christ who makes all things. This becomes the difference. This man is at a place that he needed to allow focus. I, I, I would say, you know, somebody who's gonna break the wood, why anybody would do that, save your hands. I've got a saw, I don't know why. You would do that. There's this, this desire to be focused. The Bible says in Romans 12, two, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's perfect will is. This will of God is to be not conformed to the patterns. Don't conform to the patterns. Yes, they're the same. How do you know you're conforming to the patterns of the world? When your language is more lies, blame, and excuses. Whenever you know something needs to change, but you talk more about it in lies, in blames, or excuses. If you, if you put in your, because there is no, how many know that in Christ there, he doesn't speak any lies? <laughs> Satan, so there are no lies in Christ. How many know there are also no excuses in Christ? And there's also no blame in Christ. He takes authority. 
He walks in the power and, and what he's made possible for you and I that we don't have to speak the language. And let's be honest, it's easier to blame somebody than to take responsibility. It's easier just to say, well, that's how my mom and dad raised me. It's easier just to say, well, that's just, that, that it, it's just, just the way it is. It's easier to, lie, to, to hide in a place that has three walls. You notice you're never trapped in a four in four walls, it's only three. You know why? Because the devil will always leave the back one open so you can keep going back to your past. He'll always leave the back door open because the only access he'll give you is where you are and where you've been. He just wants to keep you in a, in a straight direction of your path, there of your past. So you keep saying, well, it's my parents. It's this situation. This happened. I got introduced to it at this age. This came along at this point. This thing occurred that he wants to keep you in line of that. But if you break the walls that are the lies, the walls of excuse, and the walls of blame, you'll begin to walk in. A, your eyes will look in a different direction, and you'll be able to go to a place you've not gone before. And I believe that as more of us do that in the power and the authority of God, guess what we're doing? We're raising homes that are breaking patterns. We're raising children that are learning how to break patterns. We're not raising children who don't have any patterns. We're raising children in the power of the, of the gospel and the word of God who know how to break patterns. Let me say this again. I'm being honest with you. I have probably, I don't know what all they are, but I have handed off some bad patterns to my kids, even in my best attempt to have them grow up in the, in the right way and to break patterns. I still passed on some patterns. Why? Because in myself, I'm not perfect. But guess what? I also want to give them the power and the authority of God's name so that when the pattern rises, you can break it in Jesus' name. I'm not going to resource you. It's not that I'm setting you up. And this is what we've done. There's a generation, a generation, there's a generation that has learned how to give good things, but we forgot to teach the next generation how to fight. We made a generation prosperous without war. You know why it was called the great generation? Because they had to fight. They had to sacrifice. It was a great generation because they went through the great depression and they, they, they took care of and they had this desire that the next generation would have it better than them. That's good. But the problem is we forgot how to teach how to fight. We now became, it's just handed to you. It's just given to you. You'll just get it. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to, now I realize in grace, I don't have to earn it. But yeah, if I'm gonna break the strongholds of the devil, guess what I've gotta do? I've gotta walk in the authority and the power and I've gotta learn how to fight. I gotta learn how to fight the good fight and here's what we're doing. We're waiting, God, would you take this away? He said, no, I'm not taking it away. I gave you the authority and the grace to stand and to move. I've given you the authority in my name that you can overcome. And we're saying, God, would you take away, Lord, would you take away this feeling, this emotion, this, this situation, this thing that's been done to me, or holding my cup out, and we're even saying, God, would you fill my cup? Would you fill my cup? No, you're forgetting the fact I've already poured out, and he's already satisfied. He's not going to take it away. He's giving you the power to break through it. In Jesus' name. I don't know what it is. We have to keep pressing, because then we get to the point. That we say, man, the idea of breaking this is a lot easier than actually doing it. Is anybody with me just being honest? There are days I just think, man, you know, this is a great idea. And I'm just going to figure out how to retire at 45 and turn it over to somebody else. I don't know. I'm not ready to retire at 45. Trust me. I don't know. But there's just, I'm, I'm just telling you the truth. But then I have to recognize, no, Lord, you've already given all that we need, and I'm going to keep pressing. I'm going to fight the good fight. I'm going to keep standing in the place of, of, the, of the, the word of God, the provision of God, because God gives victory. I know this for a fact because I am a recovering 
a recovering people pleaser. I'm a recovering people pleaser who by the grace of God has overcome insecurity through the power of Jesus' name. But guess what patterns still try to do? Patterns still try to rise up and still at times make me feel tempted to pick up my cup and hold out my cup. But I've learned my identity is not in the cup. My identity is in the one who supplies all of my needs. The God who has broken every chain. The God who has made me more than enough. The God who has satisfied me in every way, who loves me unconditionally. This is the grace that God gives. Nothing changes until we change the look. The word look means this. It indicates greater vividness, more intent. And it's an earnest contemplation. It's, it's brighter. It's focused. It's deeper. What are you focusing on today? What is it that you're focusing on today? Because origin gives way to your patterns. But breaking will give way to new beginnings. Like a mother getting ready to go to labor, into labor, when her water breaks. It's achieved it's, it's by your parents who created you in his image. And it, because you were... <laughs> You didn't have any say in it. We're all in a place of effect by the conditions that we're in, but there's a breaking. Doesn't matter how good you have it or how bad you have it. All of us have to learn how to quit holding out our cup and waiting for the cup to be filled and start pouring it out on the one who deserves all of our worship. There's something about the woman who broke the alabaster jar and began to pour out worship. As she began to worship, it became this recognition of who he is, that there becomes a breaking. I want to encourage you as the worship team is coming. Here's what it says of the man in Acts chapter 316. It says, the man who was crippled. It says, on the basis of faith in Jesus' name, which has strengthened this man whom you see and know, and the faith which comes through him has given this man perfect health in the presence of you all. Can I just remind you that perfect health also means a sound mind, that God has given us a sound mind. I want to pray and believe and declare that patterns are broken and that we walk in the sound. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. Self-discipline, which is a sound mind, it takes work. This process of being renewed, I believe, is what the Bible calls being born again. You've been conceived but have you been born again to where the old is gone and the new has come? That he breaks patterns. And I realize not all of them break overnight. There's a pattern in my life that I didn't realize until I was in my 30s, about the same time being the pastor of this church, that there was a pattern that needed to be broken in my life. But the grace of God that gives the ability, because it was so easy. Here's what I had hid behind before. It was, well, it's just the way I am. That's called a lie and an excuse. And also a blame. You know why? Because, well, mom and dad. That's how I was raised. It's the home I grew up in. It's what was around me. And I could blame it on the home. I could blame it on whatever. I could create the lie, but it comes to a place of being willing to break through. That place that keeps holding us back. Jesus said this in John chapter 3. Verse 3, he says, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Did you get that? You cannot see the kingdom of God unless you're born again. Being born again gives you the ability to see differently. Now, 
to see the kingdom of God, I want to remind you, the kingdom of God in this context is, yes, speaking to the, to the end of time, to the kingdom of God for all eternity, but it is also speaking to right now. Unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. I, we have to acknowledge that in order to change some patterns, I got to quit seeing according to the ways of the world and start seeing according to the kingdom of God. How many would agree with that? I need the ability to see God's kingdom more than I see my, my, my circumstance. And that being able to see the kingdom of God requires being born again. Unless you're born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. What do you mean? Exclaimed Nicodemus. Nicodemus, how can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter or no one can see the kingdom of God without being born of water and the spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. There is a breaking that gives way to a new birth, new beginning. When we are born again in Christ, how many recognize we are made new? And can I remind you that salvation was not just for our past sins, but also for our present and future. Well, you say, well, future sins. Like if I want to, you know, go and make a decision to do a sin and then I come back and ask God to forgive me, no. But even in the future sin, the context of that is stuff that I didn't even realize until I was in my 30s that God's grace revealed to me that I had to acknowledge, God, this is my cup of insecurity. And that cup of insecurity is a sin against you. It's an insult to your glory because I'm trying to find my satisfaction in other people, right? And I had to acknowledge, God, your grace, I didn't even recognize, but his grace, I didn't lose salvation when that came to light, when God reminded me or it came to light. And I remember having, I remember the day in prayer that it came to this realization, oh God, that is a pattern that I have just accepted in my life and it needs broken. And when I came to that realization, it wasn't this condemnation. I felt the grace of God. I felt the love of God come upon me to say, he's with me in this moment. I didn't realize it in my teens or in my 20s. It was in my 30s that I recognized. It was in this place of, God, I didn't lose my salvation but it came to a place of just acknowledging there's more, that I've come to a pattern and I've allowed the condition of my life to just be a pattern that I walk in every day, but God wants me to look and break the pattern. And I don't know what pattern needs broken for you today. Can I tell you, there's more. There's more patterns that need broken. There's more patterns that need broken in my life. When, when I broke that big one, for me, it was, it, for me, it was big. It was a big one. It was insecurity. By the grace of God. That only brought to the reality of, oh God. That's when I started recognizing that people who follow Jesus always said things like, when I was young, I thought I knew everything, but the older I get, I don't realize, I don't, I don't know what I thought I knew. How many have ever heard old people say that? When I was young, I knew it all, but now that I'm older, I don't, I don't know what I thought I knew. And I thought, well, that's just what you say when you get old. Well, I'm older. Here's what I found out. Here's why I can say that. Because God, I thought I was depending on you. But now what I've learned is I could never really depend on you enough. And so I need a lens to say, God, keep teaching me where I need to keep depending. 
because I thought I was depending on you, but then you brought to light some things I still need to delete. Am, am I talking to anybody? And I, I thought I was, de- I was depending, and I was. But now I realize there's more that I just got to surrender, and I've got to lay before you and just walk in this confidence. It's a process and patterns that need broken. I don't know what pattern needs broken. Fear, break it in Jesus' name. Fear, be broken in Jesus' name. Hey, parents, be careful what you open your home up to by way of entertainment because it sets patterns. If it's an old dad moment, let it be an old dad moment, but I'm a pastor. Be careful that we entertain things that we just laugh about people's indiscretion and immorality and then try to tell our kids to live moral when we've entertained things in the home that is not of God and we've allowed music and things I know that's right away it's like oh he's an old fuddy daddy uh, no that's called patterns we're setting patterns and there's some patterns that just need to be broken there's some patterns that need to be need to be changed and and it's not all of that it's that and standing on the word of God let me read this and close Um, Isaiah 43 says this forget all that God is saying to the people of of Israel about how he he parted the Red Sea and brought them through in victory he said forget all of that it is nothing compared to what I'm going to do for I am about to do something new somebody say new I'm about to do something new see I have already begun do you not see it can I ask you today, do you not see that God wants to break the pattern, that you don't have to come to the, na- to the same place in the same condition, that God can set you free from whatever pattern, whatever it might be, whatever what, whatever lie, whatever blame, whatever it might be in our lives. He said, do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will co- create rivers in the dry wasteland. The wild animals in the field will thank me. The jackals and owls too for giving them water in the desert. Yes, I will make rivers in the dry wasteland so my chosen people can be refreshed. I have made Israel for myself and they will someday honor me before the whole world. They will be refreshed. What I want to pray today is that we would be refreshed. And here's the question. Are you born again? Are you born again? You've been born of water. That's born of conception. Yeah, you've been born into your circumstances. But don't live your life in view of the condition you've been born in. View your life in the reality of the one who loved you and gave himself for you. Don't live according to your condition. Live according to the salvation that you have in Jesus Christ. Somebody just needs to write that down and hold on to that in this process for you. Quit living according to your condition and live according to your salvation. Because how many know his salvation was not halfway done? He didn't save you partially. He didn't save you just in, in, in any degree. He saved you completely. How many believe the blood of Jesus? We're about to take communion. How many would believe that the blood of Jesus, the, the body that was broken, how many would acknowledge and say, his sacrifice is enough for me? How many believe that today? That his salvation is enough for me, that I want to live in light. And I've got to condition my mind and train my mind to think on things above, not on things below, and to break patterns. 
with every head bowed and every eye closed in this moment, just before we receive communion, you should have received as you came in just the cup that has the bread and the top of the, the, the communion container. But before we do that, I want to ask you this most important question. Today, are you born again? Have you been born again? You've been born of water. That's of the process of coming to this earth. But have you been born of the Spirit? And born of the Spirit is to look not at your natural abilities, not at yourself, but to repent, to fix your eyes on Jesus. You're here today and you say, Jason, I need to repent of my sins. I need to turn from my sins and fix my eyes on Jesus. If that's you today, then we want to celebrate and just rejoice in your decision to come home, to be with Jesus, to make a decision to follow Jesus with your life. If that's you today, just lift your hand right where you are. You say, today, I'm making the decision to make Jesus the Lord of my life. Is there anybody today? Just lift your hand this moment of decision. Yeah, yeah, is there anyone?